Okay. Um, I understand there are no um, public speakers, so we'll move on to item one, uh, of which there are no matters received from the executive. Uh, apologies for absence. We have uh, councillors Evans, Mawson, Parry, Davy, Godwin, Rich, Harris, Freeman, and Smith. Anybody else? Also, Councillor Parr, Mr. Chairman. Okay, thank you very much. Declarations of interest. Okay, move straight then to the minutes of the previous meeting. Uh, let's receive the minutes of the meeting of the 18th of December. Can I take those as being okay? Or are there any? Sorry, I, I said yes. Oh, yes. Sorry. Excellent. Can I have a seconder for that? Second. Okay, all in favour? Yes. Jolly good, thank you. Okay, matters arising from those minutes. Are there any matters arising before I... Okay, excellent. Chairman's announcements. Um, I only have two. Uh, one that uh, my small rock band did a, a gig the other day, and we raised four hundred and ninety-seven pounds for Help for Heroes. So that's uh, that was quite good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and also. Um, Myself and a number of representatives from the council have a meeting, a second meeting, a liaison meeting with Carver Barracks next Friday, um, which, which uh, the last one was interesting, so I'm sure this one will be equally so. Thank you. Um, right, what I would like to do now, actually, is, for efficiency's sake, um, move straight to item 20, because... We actually have one of the people who is standing, or has been uh, recommended as the, uh, a member of the Standards Committee. And uh, rather than have them sit through our whole evening, uh, it's probably prudent to, uh, to have that now, if everybody's happy with that. So uh, who's going to speak to item 20? Councillor Knight. Off. So if it rings, please don't give me a penalty because I can't find it. Um, I'm There's no paper. Well, I can't find it because I can't find my glasses. I can't find my thing. I come straight from a meeting. So um, I am pushing forward um, two independent um, uh, members for the Standards Committee, independent members of the Standards Committee, um, which would like approved. And 
They are Mrs. Sorry. Catherine Wellingbrook-Doswell. Thank you. Catherine Wellingbrook-Doswell. Wellingbrook and, and I can't, really can't pronounce his name because it's Irish with a G-H. So I'm making a real pig's ear of this whole thing. David and I do apologise most of the... David Murta. <laughs> I can't find... Was it Murta? Hmm? Was it Murta? Yeah, I think it was. Was it Murta? So Ultra Point David Pearl. David Pearl. David Pearl. Yes, yes. that's ah, right. Thank you very much. Right, Mr. Yes. David Pearl. That was a difficult one, wasn't it? Um, so, I bear apologies for rushing straight from one meeting to another. Not organised, but I think you will find that they were two excellent candidates. We had a very, very strong field. Um, amazingly so. Uh, there wasn't much to choose between any of them, but I think we have using a euphemism picked pearls in these two people and I think we, um, I can heartily recommend so I would be grateful if these, this could be looked upon favourably on these appointments. A second up for that please. Excellent. Okay. Can we have a vote on that please? Those in favour of those two appointments? Thank you very much. Uh, they are uh, approved and... Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. is uh, reports from the leader and members of the executive. I would say before uh, the leader speaks that actually we do have a report, I believe, on the table from Councillor Waters, so um, that we can be taken as read. So, Councillor Rob. Thank you uh, very much, uh, Chairman, and good evening, uh, councillors and officers. Um, the only item I really wanted to refer to was devolution. Um, you would have seen what's going on in Greater Manchester, and this week they added uh, health and social care to the agenda uh, of what is happening there. And uh, this, as you'll appreciate, is A, off the back of uh, what's happened in Scotland and what the Prime Minister said the day after that, and B, off the back of the whole localism agenda. And um, Manchester is a, an interesting model because you've got a complete alliance between um, the city of Manchester and the metropolitans around it, of which there are about ten, most of which are Labour, one Lib Dem, one Conservative. You've got that alliance with the Chancellor of the Exchequer, who you know has a, a constituency up in Tatton. Uh, but uh, to devolve um, powers from Whitehall to the Greater Manchester Assembly. And uh, there is talk of a mayor, but this is not Boris of the North, as the press like to call him. Boris has quite a lot of independent powers, uh, and this mayor will be chair of the assembly, and on the assembly, each of those metropolitans that I described um, will have a representation and a vote. So why would they want to do this? Uh, well, uh, the Greater Manchester area is a net cost to the Exchequer of about £5 billion, and uh, the target is that they make that cash neutral, and they do that uh, by being the body uh, that uh, receive 
and um, administer the, uh, the grants for economic development, um, most of which go through the LEP, but the LEP actually is coterminous, fortunately, in Manchester. Uh, they'll be working on the whole Welfare to Work programme uh, to make it more tailored for the needs of that area. Uh, the, there's co-terminosity with the Police and Crime Commissioner and as you'll have read this week they want to take on uh, a, 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 an alignment of health and social care something that I think a lot of us feel quite strongly about. So uh, this is a very exciting initiative and um, it's the one that you read about but actually it's going on elsewhere. So uh, in Derbyshire and the District Councils there and Nottinghamshire and the District Councils there they too are putting forward a proposal and uh, there's a bit of an opportunity opportunity before the election to lodge an expression of interest um, and uh, pretty unanimously all uh, in Essex uh, the county council the two uh, unitaries and the 12 districts all say we would at least like to lodge that uh, expression of interest now clearly before we did anything structural uh, there would be a full council debate uh, and, uh, and a vote so we're not talking about doing anything apart from expressing uh, an interest but I just wanted to keep you up to date with what was happening and if you'll bear with me I'll just read out a press statement on this subject local councils bracket Essex County Council Estrick District Borough and City Councils and South End and Thurrock Councils end bracket are working together to explore an ambitious Greater Essex devolution proposal which could see the transfer of powers and new funding from central government to Greater Essex authorities the proposal will set out the benefits that devolution could bring to grow the local economy including greater control on skills funding to ensure training matches business need now and in the future, creating new jobs, increasing inward investment and tackling some of the transport and infrastructure challenges of the Greater Essex area. A devolution deal must deliver better outcomes for taxpayers, residents and businesses. The timetable the councils are working is for a draft proposal to be submitted to government before the general election so that Greater Essex councils are ready to continue discussions with the new government after May. And at the moment, that has got, as I say, uh, universal support. And the key thing to remember here is that we're, we're not talking about giving up any sovereignty. That's not happening to, um, you know, to Bolton, to Wigan, to Trafford, or any of those other metropolitans. It is about taking down powers from government to make them more focused to the needs of Essex. So I just wanted to, uh, 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 to bring you up to date on that. I'd be happy to take questions. But as I say, uh, before anything substantive happened, we would, of course, uh, have a full debate. And I will try and update you uh, each council meeting so that uh, you know where we are on the, uh, on the progress. Thanks. Are there any questions of the leader before we move to other members of the executive? No. Other members of the executive, any reports to give? Councillor Ranger. Yes, thank you, Chairman. <coughs> Colleagues and listeners, I issued a written update at the Council meeting held on the 18th of December last, and with your agreement, I will give a short verbal update this evening on health matters with the intention of mine of providing a full written statement of portfolio activity for the final Council meeting of this term of office. Now that the rumour about the closure of Saffron Walden Community Hospital has been well and truly scotched, I would assure our residents that this Council continues to work closely with the West Essex CCG as it has done since the CCG was formed in 2013. On the 12th of February, along with other elected parish, 
town and district councillors and some members of the public, I attended the feedback event that the CCG held in Great Dunmo Maltings. We were able to hear on first hand the progress made by the CCG and to learn of their plans going forward. The CCG is working collaboratively with Essex County Council and partners to provide an integrated care service across West Essex starting April 2016. In the shorter term, the CCG is working on bringing forward plans to improve access to services for all Uttlesford residents, with Great Dunmo being second in priority to Waltham Abbey within the West Essex area. Similarly focused plans will be coming forward for Saffron Walden at a later date. The Community Mobility Pilot Scheme at Thaxted Surgery is a CCG innovation that can vastly improve patient experiences and outcomes and we await feedback on the results. The new Stansted Health Centre has overcome all the problems and work is well underway. I would like to mention one person who has been a factor in the process, Mr Ray Woodcock, who has been noticeable for his constancy. Something that has long been a frustration for many of our residents and where I have been pressing for change is now going to improve as the CCG has confirmed that blood tests taken within the local surgeries for all patients is being promoted. This will avoid the need for patients to travel, which in some cases is extremely difficult and long-winded, well nigh impracticable in some cases if using public transport. I will of course be pleased to take questions. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. Are there any questions of Councillor Ranger? Any other reports from uh, members of the Executive? Councillor Walters. Just taken by the headings. Uh, one is the local highways panel, just a report on that, that we're going towards the new budget. So we're at the moment looking at potential schemes which will, we will recommend and prioritise, which will go then to the portfolio holder at Essex County Councils. So we're at the moment fairly well ahead of the game. Our budget is exactly the same as it has been for the last two years, although I have to say the cost of some of the projects is escalating away, uh, which means at the end of the day, if we're not careful, we will not be able to do some of the schemes that we would like to have done um, when the uh, costs were more moderate. The Wendon Road cycle path, which has been uh, ongoing for at least 18 months, is now coming, we hope, to some fruition. It's been basically approved by County Hall, but we're waiting for the project to be signed off by the portfolio holder. Until it gets signed off, we can't prog progress. Fortunately, the UDC have made available some enabling funding, which means that when it does get signed off, which we hope will be at the end of this month or the beginning of next, then the scheme could proceed for installation and the money would be uh, repaid um, by 106 funding when it eventually turns up. Um, Uttlesford Cycling Strategy Report. Uh, this has now been completed and there's the document you may have seen already. It is all going onto the website so you'll be able to peruse it at your leisure. It's an extremely good document, very well uh, itemised. Uh, it covers the whole of the district, pointing towards the places where cycle path schemes of varying sizes would be very apt. Uh, the only one small thing is funding it but uh, we'll have to look on the bright side and tackle that when it crops up. But uh, it will go to the local highways panel now who will go through this document and start prioritising the type of schemes they think we could afford for the immediate future and hopefully there will be more funding available from the government which is the only way forward at the end of the day. Um, the highway rangers go from success to success. Um, we have still two-man team. Uh, they do a tremendous amount of work of varying types 
there is limitations obviously they can do but what we've done we've always coped with the type of work basically by taking on the best equipment that we can afford from the budget um, which um, then allows them to do some bigger jobs faster and it gets away from the old shovel and bucket approach that's been used in the past and they certainly can take on jobs and do a very good one uh, and quickly. Um, to this morning for example I saw the new addition which was a tractor with all the attachments which enables them to do for example um, some ditches and, and and things like that which we've agreed with Essex Highways we would take on to clear them, they're troublesome ones not a huge number, just a number that we think we can cope with and then, uh, and this includes culverts and then we will also maintain them and of course we've got now the equipment to enable the rangers to do that um, the Uppersford Policing glad to say that antisocial behaviour, one of the main concerns is now at a very low level we have these spikes of burglaries which unfortunately keep cropping up nothing can be predicted on that so you have to wait until it occurs and it's the speed at which the police take action and generally they've been hugely successful. Overall we still remain one of the lowest crime rates in uh, the eastern counties. I'll take any questions Chairman. Councillor Minnell Thank you, Chairman. I read with interest a couple of weeks ago about quiet lanes in the local press, and uh, Littlebury Parish Council has put forward Littlebury Green as possibly one of the first of only two that are allowed in any district. So I hope the Highways Panel, when it comes to them, will look at it carefully and consider it. Thank you. I may answer that, Chairman. Of course, we'll consider any of these applications, but you're quite right, Janet. There's only two that are going to be allowed for this district. They have been trialled before, of course, in, in quite extensively in the southern parts near um, Felstead and places like that. You see some of these quiet paths or uh, lanes down there. Uh, how successful they've been, I don't really know, but we've got an opportunity. We haven't had any official information from the county yet on that. I've read about it in the press, but nothing officially. So we'll have to wait and see, but of course we'll consider any scheme. Councillor Oliver. Thank you, Chairman. Um, again, Councillor Walters produces excellent reports, and he's to be congratulated on that. What I would like to draw his attention to, and I think he is slightly aware, of the fact that Essex County Council granted to two or three of our green lanes a winter an experimental winter closure. We have one in Clavering and the posts went up and of course then very shortly afterwards a 4x4 four four comes along and pulls them all out. Uh, that is where we are. They are, I believe, Essex County Council is going to replace them but I would hope we can get a message back to Essex that if they are, that they are, and I very much hope they will have more winter closures of the green lanes to put in more effective posts to start with. Mm -hmm. I quite endorse everything you said. Um, it's a ridiculous situation. I'm only too pleased that Essex County Council have agreed to go ahead with these trials because, quite honestly, spending money, quite a lot of money, on these sort of schemes, they're really wasted unless they have the winter closures. I'm hoping that that will go ahead, but there's no point doing it unless, of course, the deterrents you're putting forward are effective. So I think that lesson has gone back, and certainly I'll be driving it home. Thank you, Chairman. Councillor Barker. 
Chairman, just a clarification, I did report the vandalism at the byway at Clavering last week to Essex County Council, who says they will reinstate the posts with rather more concrete. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any more reports from the Executive? Uh, okay, moving on to item 8. Oh, sorry. Councillor Rose. Uh, thank you. Um, Councillor Bach, uh, may I congratulate th this leaflet which has recently gone out? Um, would you know how many uh, households have taken up the green bin option and um, uh, will that replace the uh, village collection that goes out on regular, certainly for Newport, uh, every other week or so? Um, there are two distinct schemes. One is the village skips. Some villages, not all villages by any means, have village skips and those are now paid for by the village through their P-SIPT. Um, some villages opted in when we withdrew. Um, we used to run it totally ourselves and the, the district council pay for it. We've devolved that to the parishes who now pay for it. So some parishes have opted out of that. The doorstep green waste collection, which we cannot offer universally, but we can offer almost universally, is a paid-for collection for collection by the doorstep. We, at the moment, have about 4,500 subscribers. Uh, well, not that many subscribers. 4,500 bins. Some people choose to have more than one bin. The charge is currently £40 a year. If you sign up before a date, which is in that leaflet, then the bin comes free. Um, it is an excellent scheme. We have extended the year. Um, people do question why we charge for it when other districts don't, but it was a very positive decision made by this council uh, four years ago, nearly four years ago, where we had surveyed residents to ask if this was a scheme they like and ask if they were prepared to pay for it. And of course some people said we'd rather have it free, but as this is a discretionary service, we decided not to offer it for free and offer it at £40, which has stayed at £40 for the last three years. Um, we hope we'll get a bit more uptake. We have spare capacity and uh, we, we at least break even on the service. Uh, and my final question. Um, Councillor Redfern, uh, may I thank you for your comments on Reynolds Court uh, in the papers recently. Uh, it's an excellent scheme. We're very proud of it in Newport. And could she uh, reassure our uh, residents uh, or those that need it when it will be coming through to planning and when it will be uh, completed? Because it is a superb scheme and one that I hope will be rolled out without, throughout the district. Um, yes, I can. Um, Reynolds Court will be coming to the Planning Committee on the 11th of, um, 11th of March. Obviously, I can't tell you what the outcome of that will be. I'm not a, not a member of the Planning Committee. Um, I hope they will um, view it favourably. And once we have permission, we'll then go out to um, various tenders um, to, get, to get a figure, to get uh, contractors in. And it is our intention to start as soon as we can. But I can't tell you a start date or a finish date until we've got a, um, at least got the planning permission. But obviously I will keep members fully informed. Um, you know, I, I make, I'm, I'm hopeful we'll get planning permission in two weeks' time, but we'll have to see. I've got a number of questions uh, from Councillor Kettridge, I think is next. Thank you. I'd like to ask a question to Councillor Chambers, please. Um, but I'd like to read a quote from the Warden Local from this week. Um, I want to clear something up before we discuss the budget tonight. Um, it's a quote by Councillor Lodge, who is um, chairman of R4U and an, uh, an Essex County Councillor. 
Um, I quote, it is important for us to support the most vulnerable in society, but last year the current UDC administration withdrew council tax relief from the poorest families. Now, I don't remember us doing that. Um, either Councillor Lodge has not followed policy at this council, or I have not, or this is a misrepresentation of the facts. And I'd like Councillor Chambers to clarify the situation, please. Chairman, um, thank you very much, Councillor Ketteridge. Uh, that would be the last thing that we did. We have not done it, and we have, as far as the local council tax support scheme is concerned, when it was brought in three years ago, we decided that, uh, although uh, on advice from the government they were seeking perhaps to take 30% away, we in the district council said no we will not do that we will only withdraw eight percent so it is not actually taking it money away two years later we put it up to twelve and a half percent still the lowest in essex councillor lodge is completely wrong because if you actually look at it we pay out if you like to take the twelve and a half percent off 87.5%. Most districts in Essex are, do actually only pay out 75%. So you can see that we are one of the most generous ones, uh, certainly in the eastern counties. And I did actually see that uh, we are residents or residents for Uttlesford, whatever they like to call themselves, were thinking this, uh, this evening about increasing the local council tax support to 15%. Now, by my reckoning, that's going the wrong way because they're actually taking more money away from vulnerable people. So perhaps they should get their facts right and to research what they do before they even put forward a suggestion that's going to make older people worse off. Uh, Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, question for uh, Councillor Barker, please, um, in her role at the Essex Parking Partnership. Um, uh, I must draw her attention to the fact that, uh, once again, uh, commuter parking in the Maltings at Dunmo in Knight's Way has stopped um, the waste um, collection trucks getting through to Randall Close today, so um, the people of Randall Close and Knightsway haven't had their waste collected. Um, it is in increasingly a problem, people parking on both sides of Knightsway and making the road impassable to large vehicles. And uh, so I do urge uh, Councillor Parker to use her best endeavours, I'm sure she is doing so already, but to uh, try and get some sort of parking restriction placed within Knightsway so that uh, this, this doesn't continue uh, on an ongoing basis. 
Councillor Hicks. Um, Councillor Hicks, I have actually today agreed with the North Essex Parking Partnership that we will put a temporary restriction, not in Knight's Way, but actually in Weaver's Close, where there is an even more disastrous situation with cars parked all over the pavements um, because the restrictions were lifted when the private company ceased to have parking restrictions in that area. That will be a temporary restriction for a period of 18 months while we decide what to do. You will be aware that there is a Great Dumbo Town Management Group that has been set up and I have asked the unfortunately I haven't been able to get to the last two meetings I can get to the next one but I very much want that group to look at the town as a whole there are issues in Knightsway, there are issues in the Maltings, there are issues in Springfields, there are issues in High Style. We cannot just put in restrictions and move the problem somewhere else. But I do appreciate Knightsway is a particular problem. I believe there is an embryonic scheme that is going forward to the North Essex Parking Partnership on the 12th of March to consider Knightsway. And if that's got to that planning stage, I will be proposing that that moves forwards. But I would... I will be proposing it as accepted as a scheme, but quite the details of that are yet to be worked out because I don't want just to push the problem somewhere else. If um, you have evidence that the bin lorries are actually having problems getting through, if we could get that from the waste people in detail, which I, I, I will do, um, we may end up, you know, that will enforce, well, enforce, that will. Um, make it more imperative, if you like, that we do something about it, just as we have in Norman's Field in Dunmo. May I reply to him? Please. Um, he, um, yes, Councillor Parker, um, that was the information which I obtained from the Waste Department um, when I phoned to inquire why the collection had not taken place, and that's their explanation. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, this is a question at the end of something I wish to say, directed at Councillor Rolfe. And I would like to refer everyone to page 23, and it's the corporate plan, and particularly the second paragraph. On Monday night, 106 residents from Arkston and Wickham Bonhunt, together with their own lawyers and advisers, filed into here to engage with the planning policy working group. I'm sure members will be aware of the Gypsy and Traveller consultation. Their aim and mine that evening was to convince this working group that a possible site was unsustainable. They and I left feeling that at last we were being listened to and we were rather pleased with the new look consultation process. Transparent is the word, I think. However, Within 24 hours, they have become utterly disillusioned with this council, its officers, and I'm sorry to say, its leader. Yesterday, they were informed that new information to be asked for from the applicant could not be ready till March the 31st. Therefore, no decision could be considered at the next meeting of this group on March the 30th. And as a consequence, Possibly no decisions could be considered till June on this issue. Their reaction is that this is scandalous, shows total disrespect for the community, is a, clinic, is a cynical approach and an unbelievable sidestep. Chairman, for the corporate plan to be 
meaningful, I would suggest that this kind of treatment of those in our community is reprehensible. And for the sake of proving that we have listened, can I implore you to have the information ready and available by March the 30th? Thank you. Uh, thank you, Councillor Manel. And uh, maybe I should uh, just put this into a little bit of context for councillors. Um, as you're aware, we have got to find pitches for the gypsy and traveller community in the same way that we have to find houses. And uh, because of the delay in the local plan, we have put the two things together, which is perfectly normal and uh, would be uh, the, uh, the, the appropriate way of doing it. So, uh, in the same way uh, that we go about uh, finding sites for uh, housing, we did the same thing and employed a company called Peter Brett uh, to investigate those sites that had been put forward by the landowner. Uh, this, uh, uh, this consultancy did. Uh, we considered their responses um, and uh, on Monday, officers put forward a number of uh, the sites for recommendation for pitches. I should put in context that um, uh, we require 26 pitches over the next 20 years, 9 pitches in the next 5 years. Um, so, but importantly, uh, officers did not put forward uh, the five-acre site that Councillor Manel is referring to. Uh, there were no opposition to the other sites where uh, the recommendation went through. And no decision has been made. It's only a recommendation. And uh, on Monday, what we did was to note the outcome of the consultation. So we were never going to make a decision. And as much as one wants to respond to uh, the public, we can't change an agenda even if there are a hundred people in the chamber. We were there to note the report. It would have been wholly inappropriate to have made a decision. So um, what, however, we, officers did do because they are in a difficult situation. The highways agency, part of the complaint is about the narrowness of the access road to this site. The highways uh, um, uh, uh, Department of Essex have raised no objection. Much more importantly, the, uh, supposedly the site uh, floods, and I'm not arguing, I'm, I'm sure it does, um, uh, the Environment Agency have uh, raised no objection. Now, those of you on the planning committee will know the situation here. So a site has been put forward by a landowner. Um, it will have to be given due consideration by this authority, uh, taking account, obviously, the statutory advice that it receives. And if we just threw it out willy-nilly, we would be judicially reviewed. And uh, one of the complaints uh, previously was about following due process. On this occasion, we are following due process absolutely. And the key maxims that I have talked endlessly about of transparency, objectivity and consultation are absolutely being followed through here. Um, and uh, the point uh, that officers made was uh, we have heard the response from the local community and therefore although the statutory agencies recommend it or are content with it, we will require further information. Now that seems to me absolutely the right uh, process to do well. I think it's the only option. 
Now, it's not just a question of asking the landowner to say, because obviously uh, if, if, if it's a site and it floods, uh, the question of uh, foul drainage becomes a key issue. So that there does need to be some study around that. Now, it's not for this council to pay for that study. It's for the applicant to pay for it. But we don't just want a letter back saying everything will be fine. We need a professional consultant response. Typically, that is a month. That is, that is the sort of norm. I'll refer to the chief executive, but that would be the sort of normal time. That takes us to the end of March. Now, we have, we have said on uh, this committee that we wouldn't be making any decision without doing site visits, because that has to be a key part of the consideration, including the consultation. There is another point that is very relevant which is that the government may make an announcement pre-election about the definition of uh, traveller and gypsy sites and who is entitled to them. And it may just be those that do actually travel, in which case our number of 26 would be hugely reduced. And one of the speakers on Monday evening made this point and we wholeheartedly agree it would be total folly to, to, to press ahead making decisions until we have clarification from the government so bear that one in mind as well but there is no point in uh, doing a site visit in a vacuum without some of these key pieces of information because we, we, we wouldn't then be able to make a decision prior because by that time we'd be in Perda prior to the election. It'd be wholly appropriate that the new uh, Uttlesford Planning Policy Working Group, it might change if there was a change of administration, but the process and principle has to carry on, would then duly carry out the site visit. So uh, what I would respond to Councillor Monell is that we are going through a process. We have listened most carefully to the comments that have been made. They, they have been taken up. The position is being challenged to the landowner. And we need a professional response to the points raised. So uh, I think uh, uh, the behaviour has been totally appropriate. And um, this saga has been going on for years. So to, uh, they might have a chance, if the numbers come down, that the issue goes away completely. The other point that I made to uh, the people in the room was that we need to find nine pitches in the next five years. Well, I'm not going to make any further comment to that but that could be a, a, uh, a, a, an interim uh, position. So I, 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 I'm, my conscience is totally clear. The, uh, the, the appropriate process has been uh, followed. Uh, we have listened most carefully and have taken on board all the comments made. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Leader. I'm just going to call quickly upon Councillor Cheatham, who wishes to respond. No, I wish to ask a follow-up question on that. Um, with regard to the fact that you are... I'm sorry, but I could not attend on Monday. Um, with regard to the other sites that have been made in your document, and some of them have... One, well, one in particular has already put in apply for planning permission. Could you please tell me what the status of the document that you had on Monday and now... Um, if you're going to delay it till after June, we'll have with regard to that planning application as a material consideration or being taken into account. Uh, I'll, I'll bow to the Chief Executive about the status of our planning application, but no decision was made on Monday, but uh, the officers did uh, recommend some, some sites as being um, uh, appropriate to, to, to go forward, basically. 
Just on the materiality point, Chairman, I don't think the uh, document would have any bearing. It is a consultative document. Um, we, have only we have not, as a, as a council, adopted it in any shape or form. It would have no bearing. Okay. Uh, I do have a number of other people that want to ask questions. I'm conscious of the fact that we usually only spend about 15 minutes on this, but it is clearly important. Um, I think I have uh, councillors East, Eastham, Watson, Mackman, and Tina Knight, and Councillor Knight. Is Councillor, it was yours relating to that? It was related to Okay, could you, could you ask your question, please? Yes, I apologise for my ignorance, but it was rather opportune that Councillor Manel brought this up, because um, obviously uh, when this came in the papers looking for sites, uh, I was asked... Um, if we're providing these things, how do we collect council tax and rates, seeing as they're so um, transient? And I couldn't answer it, and I'd be grateful for an answer if we're paying for all this out of um, council taxes and things. How do we get the rates and council tax from the travellers? Thank you. Chief Executive. Take that, Chairman. Firstly, the, um, there are no proposals for the Council to be providing these sites. They are all provided privately. Uh, the second point, we have a number of um, traveller sites across the district, uh, quite some very small. More recently, there's the, the one at um, Little Hallingbury that people will be familiar with next to the M11. And we have no difficulty collecting the Council tax in the same way that we do from, from, from anybody else. Um, the... the, the even if someone owns a site but does have a nomadic lifestyle, there's still a charge on that land and on that site, so they still would pay in the normal way. We don't have, it. We don't have any particular difficulties with the travelling community within Uttlesford. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, some time ago, you may remember, we had a workshop here, and I think it was two men from the ministry that came and uh, told us that, uh, and parish councillors were invited as well, I hope to say, uh, and we were told that um, we should uh, refer to the Gypsies and Travellers with a capital G and a capital T because they were considered to be an ethnic group. So I wondered if Council Rolfe will be able to tell us, he probably doesn't know because I don't suppose anybody does, uh, if this, will be, uh, that, this new thing that will be coming out will supersede that definition. I could answer that. Uh, Mr Pickles has no intention of changing the definition of gypsy and traveller. What he is potentially suing is changing the definition of traveller for planning purposes. So they would have to be people that were travelling, but it would be a change in definition for planning purposes only. Councillor Lemon. Thank you, Chair. Um, going back to Councillor Knight's question on the collection of council tax, for instance, certainly I know that the Hallingbury site, I think, is, has five pitches. There's considerably more than five um, caravans on that site, considerably more, and it varies all the time. So how, how do we know that we actually do get the council tax from these people that some may stay three months? And I should think there's perhaps 16 or 17 caravans there at the moment. Chairman, the, it's the same with a house. You are not charged council tax on the basis of the number of people living in the house. You are charged on the, on the, on the house. And the same would apply to a pitch. 
Um, it's, that, you're right about that site. I noticed I drove past it the other day. It's quite full at the moment, but in summer it was empty, as one would expect. So, the, but the tax is charged on the property itself, not the number of people yeah, on it. Yeah. So, um, do our officers know that, that they should be collecting from all the caravans on that site and not just from the five designated pitches? That's what, that's what we're trying to just, find. I'll, I'll make the point again. It's, 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 it's like uh, in your own property, if you had a very large family, you would pay the same council tax on someone in an identical property as if it was just a couple living in it. Uh, the, the council tax is the same. And the same applies to the gypsy sites. You're charged the pitch has a fixed council tax amount to be paid and the number of people living on it, subject to them complying with the licensing arrangements, which are a completely different consent regime, but there is a difference. It's the number of people, Chairman. If you filled your house with friends who all live there with you, the same principle would apply. Okay. Um, Councillor Easton. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Question for Councillor Barker on green bins. Very laudable leaflet, but there's a gap from the 12th to the the 15th of January 2016. Is there a reason for this? And can we not have collection the entire year? That particular period in January is when a lot of people do a lot of pruning and there's nowhere to put the, the, uh, the cuttings. Is it possible to have a complete year rather than just one week missing? And secondly, uh, at one point in the past there was consideration was going to be given to those who pay their £40 by direct debit yearly uh, in the form of maybe a discount. Is this still a moot point? Um, you're very privileged. I haven't got one of those leaflets. I live in evidently not a too built up area, so I haven't seen the detail of the leaflet. Um, I believe that the year, a couple of years ago, was extended at the request of residents at no extra charge over the Christmas and New Year period. It's a time for our waste collectors, all our guys out there who do a brilliant job, to actually catch up. There are always issues with New Year collections, and we need to catch up, need a bit of downtime, need to do other things. Um, and I think that the service offered for £40 is exceptional value for money. Um, sorry, the second point? Discount for... Discount. Possible um, discount on the direct debit. Virtually all our clients pay by direct debit. We have um, allowed the odd person not to pay by direct debit. But the thing is that what you need in a discretionary service like this is to have some sort of certainty about whether somebody is going to wish to have the service the next year. And direct debit is the easiest way of making sure that you've got their £40, they require the service. If you're chasing somebody at the end of March and you still haven't had a payment, then you will be taking them off your list. And manual collection is very expensive, and I think £40 is a very good value for service, and we will not be offering a discount on direct debit. So, Mr Chairman, the answer to both questions is no, then? Correct. Sounds like it. Uh, I have two more, the last two, uh, Councillor Watson and Councillor Mackman. So Councillor Watson first, please. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Uh, question to the leader, Councillor Rolfe. I would ask Councillor Rolfe, as leader of this council, if he would join with me in congratulating Saffron Walden Town Council for their decision to oppose the Keir appeal and thereby defend Uttlewood District Council's Planning Committee's decision to reject this application. In addition, 
that you'd also applaud the Saffron Warden Residents Group, We Are Residents, who are the Town Council's partners in this legal action, for their decision to share costs with the Town Council. Given that the action is based on legal advice which has been received, which is markedly more optimistic than that which UDC debated some time ago, will you also agree to undertake a review of that decision and even at this late stage join the defence of your planning committee and in the funding of this case? Uh, you've referred to the legal advice that we took. In fact, I think that we took, uh, took it twice. Uh, so we have exercised that task. We are quite clear in uh, our position, which is not to fight the appeal. Uh, what Saffron Walden Town Council do is clearly their business. Uh, I suggest they are very careful that they don't have a call uh, for costs because that could be fairly crippling on a council of that size but I'm sure you've taken all that into account. Um, for the town council to work with uh, war stroke uh, R4U again entirely their business it seems a strange decision coming up to an election but uh, as I say that's the town council not for me so uh, our position on this has not changed. Councillor Macron. Uh, I just wondered if um, Councillor Chambers could confirm to me. Uh, my understanding, he was saying that uh, we're giving people back 87.5% of their council tax. Surely that's not correct. Because if that were the case, the best rate for council support, council tax support, would be zero, because then we'd be giving it all back. So could we have that cleared? We are only, to put it in simple terms, we are only charging 12.5%. No more. The lowest in Essex. Thank you, Chairman. Does that answer your question, Councillor Macmillan? <laughs> no. <laughs> Can I just... A uh, 100% rebate... Uh, is, is obviously everything um, and uh, we as Councillor Chambers said are, are, are charging 87.5% yeah, 12.5% so which is a uh, in terms of the discount so the higher uh, the charge the worse off they are mm. and uh, I've got some figures here which might be of interest uh, because uh, Councillor Chambers is absolutely right at 12.5% um, there, are, there are a number, there's one at 15 tendering, uh, there are a number at 20, uh, there's some at 23, 25, and there's one at 30%. Yep. So we are but a fraction of everybody else in Essex, and we should be proud of that. Um, Thank you very much indeed, everybody, for the questions. Um, Item 8, matters received about joint arrangements. I understand there's nothing to report there. Likewise, I understand for item 9, uh, matters received from committees and working groups, uh, there's nothing, to, nothing that's been referred to, uh, to council. Uh, I would now move swiftly to item 10, which I believe is going to be introduced by Councillor Rolfe. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. Um, it gives me great pleasure to uh, recommend that the draft corporate plan for 2015-20 and the corporate risk register be approved. Uh, I'm obviously not going to read it all out, but I will just draw your attention to the key themes, which is high quality, uh, and that's particularly around uh, our services, the way we respond to our communities, 
low tax, and you're going to hear uh, more about that in just a moment, um, behaving in a responsible way and, 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 and driving thriving communities and working with the communities. If I then take you to page 23, um, those, those uh, headings are then subset, and Councilman Nell has already referred to one uh, under high quality. Um, and, uh, but as I say, I, I won't read them all out. I'm sure you have read them in preparation for the meeting. But uh, um, this uh, corporate plan chimes with uh, uh, our, our objectives, uh, the goals of the administration, and as I say, uh, with the budget that you're about to hear. So I so propose, Chairman. Do we have a seconder for that? Okay. Any questions on that before we move to a vote? Can I have a, a vote, please? Those in favour? Any against? Okay, that's carried. Thank you very much. There's a, there is a, um, a way that we're going to address these next items, which range from 11 through to 18, whereby uh, a selection of uh, councillors will be presenting each item, and then we'll return back to item 11 at the end, which is a resume and vote one by one. So I think the first... Uh, item is actually item 12, is it not? And it's Councillor Chambers. Jim, uh, uh, I wouldn't wish to uh, disagree with you. Sorry. I thought we were returning to 11, Jim, but... but, but uh, 11, 11. I can't read. Uh, Chairman, uh, the budget I am proposing tonight carries on the excellent work the Conservatives have done over the last four years. Our financial situation is stable, our reserves are good, and we are in a situation where I believe we can weather any challenges thrown at us over the next four years. The Conservative Administration is building on the sound platform built up over those four years. The District Council tax will have been cut by 16% in real terms and at the same time services have been retained and increased where possible. For instance, the voluntary sector has had substantial increase, and in particular the Citizens Advice Bureau, which has had an increase of at least 50%. All in all, we believe that Uttlesford District Council has become one of the best five councils in the country, borne out by all the recent surveys taken round England. This has been achieved by sound and prudent financial management, and long may it continue. I hope we have done what the majority of Uttlesford residents want us to do. They are the people who elect us, and they are the people who should benefit. Finally, on this point, may I thank all the members and most importantly, all the officers from the Finance Department, who most of them uh, are here this evening, for all their help and hard work over the pre previous year. 
Now, so normally I would take you through each of the reports one by one. However, this year I am going to present you agenda items 11, 12, 14, 15, 16 in a single summary. I will then hand over to Councillor Redfern, who will take you through items 13 and 14, that's temporary accommodation and housing revenue account, before handing back to me to finish with the General Fund and Council Tax Report. At the end of this, I will propose the recommendations for all the reports. For ease, I have included the recommendations against each item on the summary report, which starts on page 29 and 30. With your indulgence, both I and Councillor Redfern will be pleased to take questions at the end. The budget papers before you tonight were presented to scrutiny on the 10th of February and Cabinet on the 17th of February, and both approved. I will begin by referring you to the Equalities Impact Assessment on page 31. This is a key document in considering the budget before you. The assessment identifies that there are no inequalities identified. On page 37 is the guidance given by our Section 151 officer, Adrian Webb, around the robustness of estimates and adequacy of reserves. All budgets contain estimates and assumptions, and some level of risk and variability is inevitable. The risks are set out on pages 40 and 42. The only new risk highlighted this year is around universal credit, and the risk to the working balance amount should the, con the project be delayed. The highest risk once again relates to the volatility of costs and income in the Council's waste and recycling services. A high risk of business rates income being more than budgeted level is also mentioned. This continues to be an impossible area to forecast reliably because of an ongoing backlog of appeals and the lack of clear accounting regulations. I shall be closely monitoring these issues with the finance team and will ensure that the Cabinet receives regular updates. For the first time, we have a reserve strategy, which is set out on page 45, and proposes changes to the number of our existing reserves, and gives the new reserves a purpose and lifespan. I am sure you will agree with me that this is an excellent document, and one which we can evolve over the forthcoming years. We are advised to maintain our working balance at the current level of £1.2 million and to manage other risks through earmarked reserves. I concur with this advice which I consider being sound and well explained. On page 65 we have the medium term financial strategy better known as the MTFS. The MTFS, or if you haven't remembered, Medium Term Financial Strategy, 
identifies that we have a stable financial position and budget surpluses are expected for at least the next two years. From 2017 onwards, the healthy uh, position will continue if new homes bonus funding carries on as it is. However, we cannot be sure of this, and regardless of what happens in the 2015 general election, some sort of reform, whatever that might be, is likely. The key point in the strategy is, therefore, once we have some idea of what the new government is doing in terms of new home bonus, or indeed any other uh, point from local government finance, we need to react, if necessary, to reduce the extent to which our revenue budget is funded from this particular item. We will maintain financial discipline and continue to look for new ways of providing services at lower cost and, where appropriate, to grow our income from other sources such as business rates. As was reported in the reserves strategy, our reserves are also healthy at about £5.5 million. This is, in our opinion, sufficient to cope with all foreseeable scenarios and there will be opportunities to make some real meaningful investment in services next year. However, this must be done in a way that avoids adding ongoing pressure to the Council's bottom line in case there are severe challenges after 2015. It is important to finish this item by repeating that the Council will continue to have a sound financial position for at least the next few years. On pages 80 through to uh, page 117 is the Treasury Management <coughs> Strategy for 1516. The strategy governs the use of bank accounts and is designed to minimise risk while ensuring prudency of investment and borrowing. The strategy includes various technical measures of prudence and sustainability which show that the proposed strategy is sound. It has been reviewed and endorsed by our independent advisers, Arling Close. During next year, and indeed the next five years, we do not expect that any external borrowing will be needed. As will be mentioned later, housing debt repayment is due to commence in 2018. We will keep under review possible opportunities to start this earlier if they are appropriate. On the investment side, we again intend to operate a prudent approach. The proposed list of suitable investment counterparties is on page 94. Based on Arling Close advice, it is increasingly important that we diversify our investments to reduce the risk. The strategy therefore proposes a limit of £2 million for each bank above A-, 
and £1 million with banks on treble B+. Instead of concentrating our funds in a small number of banks, we propose to continue to deposit monies with other local authorities with a limit of £3 million, where previously there was no limit, and building societies with a limit of £1 million, which is an increase from a half a million pounds in the 1415 strategy. No investments are proposed for a time span of more than 365 days, which in my case I think is one year, with the exception of the debt management office. So that we can support an important local business, the strategy says that we can place funds with the Saffron Building Society with an increased limit of half a million pounds which was previously a quarter in the last year. On page 119 is the capital programme for the next five years. It sets out a programme for 2015-16 for £3.9 million of expenditure on general fund schemes and £9.8 million of expenditure on housing schemes a total of £13.7 million. The general fund schemes include Dunmo Depot and plans are in place to purchase a piece of land to relocate the site to a more suitable area. And if anybody in here lives in Dunmo and lives down New Street, uh, and I can always remember they going the first time and thinking, where the hell am I going? And halfway up that little lane, I met a dust cart. Sorry, a car weighing a couple of tonnes would normally give way because uh, they're obviously much larger vehicles. <coughs> Saffron Walden Castle is another thing that we're doing, renovation to make it safe and enjoyable for places, uh, people to, to visit. A grant has been applied from the English Heritage Fund to support the financing of this scheme. London Road offices here opened in 1990. A survey, a condition survey was carried out and identified the main areas of concern. And as you will see this evening, I think as you have done on evenings just recently, the painters are in here at the moment redecorating the premises. But I think it has lasted 25 years, so it hasn't done too badly. Please don't ask me about the glass at the front, because that's a little bit more embarrassing. The housing schemes include substantial investment in the redevelopment of sheltered housing, and new council housing to be discussed later in the housing report. Overall, the programme will deliver lasting benefits for council tenants, service users and the whole district. I will now, Mr Chairman, with your permission, hand over to Councillor Redfern to take you through the temporary accommodation report and the housing revenue account. Thank you, sir. Councillor Redfern. <coughs> Thank you, Chairman. Um, 
As a council, I know we are all keen to support the work being done by the housing team in delivering new council housing, upgrading our sheltered accommodation and our existing housing stock. On page 61, agenda item 13, is a proposal that will help us to achieve this. What we do in the housing department goes through so many committees before arriving here and has so already been discussed and agreed by the Tenants Forum, Housing Board, Scrutiny Committee, Cabinet and now here we are. We all know that the General Fund and the Housing Revenue Account are like two independent businesses. At this time, the General Fund cannot simply loan money to the Housing Revenue Account as it will breach the debt cap imposed as part of the housing changes three years ago. When you will remember, the HRA took out an £88.4 million loan. Currently, these designated temporary accommodation units are part of the Housing Revenue Account. As homelessness is a general fund service, there is an opportunity to sell them to the general fund at market value. This will provide the housing revenue account with a capital receipt estimated to be £1,047,000. doesn't sound too much when you say it quickly, but £1,047,000. Draft approval has now been received by the Secretary of State for us to do this. This capital receipt can then be used to continue to deliver our ambitious new council housing programme. I hope you will agree with me, this is an excellent idea and one that I hope you will all be able to support. Moving on to um, agenda item 17 on page 33, the housing revenue account budget for 2015-16 and the five-year business plan strategy. Again, this has been endorsed by Housing Forum, Housing Board, uh, sorry, Tenants Forum, Housing Board, Scrutiny Committee, Cabinet, and it covers the budget for council housing services. Unbelievably, this is the fourth year of our 30-year business plan, which, as far as I'm concerned, certainly proves that time really does fly when you're enjoying yourself. It is proposed that there is an average rent increase of 2.2%, which has been calculated in line with the government recommended guidelines using CPI plus 1%. This is a change from previous years where we were required to work towards rent convergence. The budget includes £3.2 million of funding for the ongoing in-year capital repairs programme for our existing council housing stock. Also included is a headroom revenue contribution of £2.4 million towards new and improved council housing, such as the Reynolds Court, Mead Court and Catons Lane schemes. In total, there is £5.6 million investment in this year's housing revenue account budget. The five-year forecast on page 143 shows the the total investment in council housing improvements during the next five years will be, incredibly, £42 million, which includes £12 million investment for sheltered accommodation. In 2018, we are due to commence repayments of our £88 million loan. This will be at a rate of £2 million per year in 2017-18 and 2018-19. And even allowing for this, um, even allowing for this size of repayment, our substantial investment in, in more new and better council housing will continue. 
I hope I've explained this clearly and I will now hand back to Councillor Chambers who will take you through the General Fund and Council Tax Report but if you have any questions I'll be happy to take them at the end of this um, at the end of Councillor Chambers presentation Councillor Chambers not much more Chairman now we come to the final report which is the General Fund and Council Tax 2015-16 <coughs> on the 4th of December 2000. 14, the Cabinet agreed to a budget strategy which, as can be seen from the table on page 151, has been met. The residents' consultation is on page 154, along with how the budget addresses each item. Businesses were consulted and invited to comment. However, unfortunately, no responses were received. The key parts of the budget are set out on page 159 and include investment in our grounds maintenance team to enhance the service and ensure that our district is kept neat and tidy. Investment in day centres with a new post being created to assist with the development of the management committees. And continuation of the, the discretionary business rates relief scheme and there is also £1 million to the Strategic Initiatives Fund to be used for projects that will benefit the local economy. Continuation of the Ward Member New Homes Bonus Scheme with an increase from £2,000 to £3,000 per member. This now includes extra criteria as can be seen on page 160.29. The increase in this scheme enables every member to have more opportunity to make a direct contribution to their communities. Finally, a 3% cut in the, in the district council tax, which will benefit all council taxpayers, and we do maintain our position as having the lowest council tax in Essex. Please note that there should be in front of you an additional paper which sets out an additional charge for planning pre-application advice for commercial properties. And I hope you, you will have all had it this evening. Appendix F on page 8185 relates to the Council's requirement as per the Localism Act 2011 to calculate a council tax requirement for the year. The paper details the full council tax requirement and how this equates to each household in financial terms for Uttlesford and the other major preceptors, Essex County Council, Essex Police and Crime Commissioner and Essex Fire Authority. This report also shows a breakdown of each of Uttlesford's parish preset requirements. The calculations for the Uttlesford element of the council tax requirement are also included in the main general fund budget report. Chairman, that is the end of my summary and I therefore propose all of the recommendations as set out on page 29 subject to the amendment to fees and charges for pre-application planning fees for commercial premises. I will, for clarity if I may, 
read out and propose the exact recommendations. So if you all look on page 29, on the robustness of estimates and adequacy of reserves, the Council is recommended to take account of the advice in the report when determining the 2015-16 General Fund Budget and Council Tax. To approve the risk assessment relating to the robustness of estimates as detailed in the report, set the minimum safe contingency level for 2015-16 at £1.214 million, adopt the attached reserves strategy, and agree that no transfers to or from the working balance should be built into the 2015-16 budget. On temporary accommodation, the Council approves the transfer of the eight designated temporary accommodation units from the housing revenue account to the general fund at the estimated market value cost of £1,047,000. On the medium-term financial strategy, the Council is recommended to approve the medium-term financial strategy as attached. On Treasury management, the Council is recommended to approve the following items. Treasury Management Strategy 2015-16 on Appendix A, Prudential Indicators on uh, Appendix A1, Minimum Revenue Provision, uh, a statement which is on Appendix A2, and the Economic Forecast which on, is on Appendix A3. On the Capital Programme, the Council is recommended to approve the Capital Programme and Associated Financing of the Programme Excuse me, as set out in this report. On the housing revenue account, the Council is recommended to approve the. would cost £2 million. And where do you get. where is the evidence that it will. you'll have enough in a million pounds? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, you've seen the figures, the breakdown of the £2 million, and you'll be aware that uh, the very much smaller proportion was for outside consultants. Um, so uh, most of this is ongoing, the people that we employ uh, who are working on the local plan. So all of that's budgeted in terms of uh, the, uh, the general fund in any case. So, so those uh, salaries are paid. So £1 million should quite adequately cover uh, any additional cost to the normal running cost of the planning department, and certainly did in the first phase. Uh, Councillor Macklin. Thank you. Well, on page 156, it's got to thinking about the council. I just want, I'm still trying to get clarification on this. The, the, the council tax rate for uh, band B is around about £100, it's £107.91. So if we're given an 87.5% rebate, does that mean that a resident would be paying about £15, or does it mean they'll be paying about £90? I don't know why people find this very complicated. Until a few years ago, there was a system whereby if people received council tax benefits, as it was called, many people got 100% benefit. They got 100% relief on their council tax. What this government then did is said, well, that benefit you had last time round, we're going to cap that limit. You're not getting any more. So as the number of claimants goes up, we're getting a deficit between what they would want to claim to get 100% relief and what we could afford. To, some councils have had to charge those working class adults on lower incomes up to 
council tax in order to balance their books. We chose in year one of the schemes to make the maximum charge on those vulnerable residents 8.5%, so they will pay no more than 8.5% of the full council tax, which other people pay in full. Two years ago, we increased that to 12.5%, so they will pay no more if they lived in a bad day house, and the band is, whatever it is, £92.49, they will be being asked to pay 12.5% of that. £10. Does that make sense? £10. That's what we're looking at. I mean, that figure there is not the full council tax. The full council tax for a house is wherever it is on the page at the back. All those ones you've got at the back. That for example, for Langley, a band D 2015-16 is whatever it is. That is the, the figure which they will be required to pay 12.5% for. We have lots of exemptions. The elderly are exempt. People with carers, people, blind people, people with disabilities are exempt. So the burden, unfortunately, does fall, a small burden of 12.5% of the full council tax on some working-age adults who previously had not had to pay any council tax. Are there any further questions of Councillor Chambers? No. Um, can I then move item 21, and that's Councillor Dean, because it is a, an amendment to the uh, proposal by Councillor Chambers. Yeah, thank you, Mr Chairman. The, um, the amendments which I'm going to propose are on page 195 and 196 of the um, Council papers. I want to start off with... Uh, two welcomes, welcoming of what's being proposed. First of all, to welcome the point that uh, Councillor Redfern, who's about to leave the room, <laughs> raised um, about the uh, transfer of the housing and the, essentially the enabling of or movement of uh, £1 million from reserves in the general fund into the housing revenue account. This is a sensible move. It's certainly something that the Liberal Democrats support because we're also keen to get more finance into, into the provision of council housing in the district. So I, I welcome that. I also welcome, secondly, the uh, report on reserves, which um, Councillor Chambers referred to. This is the first time that there's been uh, such a, a report in such detail, and it's long overdue. Um, I think Councillor Chambers talked about the work evolving. Um, I, you know, I hope that's not over too many centuries because, I mean, he has in the past, only in the recent months, opposed such a report. So we, we've had a great leap forward in the fact that this report has come forward. And, and, and I uh, endorse Councillor Chambers' support for it. But I think it needs to move on. We need to scrutinise it much more. We need to flesh out from there what reserves are really needed and, and what can be deployed for the benefit of the district. Um, and I'm sure that the new council will be working on that to, to ensure that we essentially get value for money out of the money that the council holds in the bank. And in particular, because of our, you know, the district is growing um, and we need to have detailed plans in place about how the, the role that this council can play in, 
in supporting the increasing population and more jobs that are needed. So those are my two welcomes. In proposing the items listed on pages 195 and 196, I will uh, summarize some of the points. First of all, and in a way, this, the first items in, should be the last item because it's a council tax, but I'll, I'll stick to the order that it's uh, on, on the paper. We're proposing that the council tax should not be reduced by 3%, but instead we're proposing that the taxpayer should be given back uh, an, an equivalent amount in the form of a rebate, and that would be the same amount to each household at 4 £4.25, that, that equates to £144,000, which is exactly the same as, as a 3% reduction. I'm making this change to the proposed 3% reduction in council tax for two reasons. For the coming tax year 2015-16, a rebate of £4.25 per council tax paying household will back, hand back to the public as I've just said £144,000 that's precisely the same cost the same cost of the council's finances as, as a 3% tax reduction there ought to be no post, postage costs involving sending out cheques to the public as was suggested by the council leader in today's Saffron Walden reporter I feel confident that our officers can ensure that the sum of £4.25 will be deducted essentially from the bottom line from everyone's council tax bill before it's sent out next month. So essentially it's part of the same process. I've been discussing this for some weeks with officers and the, the, the procedure is just a, a tweak on, on what they do at the moment in, in getting out the bills. The principle behind this proposal, and I think that's the key to it, is the principle. The principle behind this proposal is one of progressive taxation and fairness. The council is in surplus because of the massive financial benefits that have come to the district council in recent years from new homes bonus. The idea of giving a third as much of this bonus to generally less well-off households in lowest value homes, or conversely, granting three times as much money to generally wealthier households in the most valuable homes is contrary to the principles of even-handedness and fairness. And, and the figures are that the people in Band A will get £2.86 back, whereas those in Band H will get £8.58. Uh, we think that that's wrong. I think this amendment abides better to the principles of fairness and avoids accusations that this council favours the better off and for that reason I commend it. The second item uh, refers to recycling and putting more effort into recycling. I believe that there's cross-party support for improving the effectiveness of the re recycling service. This was certainly the case at the recent meeting of the Performance and Audit Committee. And prior to that there was a meeting of the Waste Strategy Panel which heard about problems with contamination people putting the wrong stuff in the wrong bins and the financial penalties that the council incurs when that, when that happens. So this proposal to increase staffing in that area for education of the public, for informing people over a three-year period to, to raise the uh, recycling rate and to reduce contamination is, is what we are 
proposing that there's more public information and advice schemes putting a weight behind these concerns that seems to be cross-party by actually doing something about it and, and going beyond just talking about it. We're proposing to put £45,000 extra into the Rangers service. Um, Councillor Walters did refer to that. Uh, he said that they're getting some new equipment in to make them uh, more effective. We think that there needs to be an extra person, the two at the moment, increasing it to three, and, and also funds uh, further equipment. We think that the, the highways ranger scheme is, is much appreciated in our towns and villages, but its capacity is limited to what can be done by two members of staff uh, and who are currently funded by Essex County Council. So this will be this council putting, essentially paying for a third of it and the county council paying for two thirds of the, the team. Um, and, and I think it will put us in a, a stronger position to improve the way this scheme works with, with our colleagues at the County Council. We're proposing a small sum of £5,000 to go into welcome packs. This is a, a district where we receive many new residents every year and residents move around. Um, Sandstead Parish Council has been funding and distributing welcome, welcome packs to new households in Stansted for several years. This started with the advent of residents moving into Forest Hall Park, and I believe that some other parishes also do it. District Council is best placed to know when people move into homes in the district and to work with parish and town councils to serve the whole district. And welcome packs are what they say on the label, an introduction and welcome to a new home in the district, and we think that that will be uh, a way of, of showing new residents what a delightful district that they've come into. We've got an item we'd like to put £400,000 into the installation of photovoltaic cells on council buildings. The council has not yet ventured far into renewable energy. The cost of solar panels has dr dropped dramatically in recent years. We have several buildings under our control that could take panels on their roofs. The Council would save on its energy bills, it would receive income from the feed-in tariff, it would be doing its bit to reduce its carbon footprint. One scheme in Braintree will invest £200,000 at the leisure centre. We have leisure centres, a museum store, a depot, maybe others. These are potential locations that ought to be investigated. And finally, I want to refer to a capital investment fund. The capital investment fund we're proposing of £1.5 million is an evolution of the current strategic initiatives fund but with greater emphasis on the delivery of the future local plan and the infrastructure of various types that needs to go into a successful local plan. What the council currently lacks is a detailed inventory of infrastructure needs to do such things as improve access to parts of our district, to improve the viability of our town centres and village centres, to improve rural aspects such as green and quiet lanes, and I think quiet lanes were referred to earlier this evening, and to bring new jobs into the district. The Capital Initiative Fund would help pump prime projects, and I have emphasis on pump prime, not pay for them in their entirety in most cases, 
planning gain money would do much of that and other authorities would maintain their primary responsibility say health centres and schools. What this fund would do is lead the way in some cases and helping to make them happen. And finally, it's not a, a budgetary proposal, but it is a, a, a suggestion regarding the local plan, which Councillor Lachlan has already made reference to, that up to now the, the cost of the local plan has remained a mystery for most people until we were told that over £2 million had already been spent. All this proposal is doing is saying that from now on costs should be transparent and when appropriate authorised by members who know who knows this may even save us some money. So, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to move the uh, proposed amendments on pages 195 and 196. Uh, do we have a seconder for that, please? <coughs> okay, Councillor Foley. Uh, Councillor Rolf, I believe, is going to answer some questions or respond on that. Well, thank you very much, uh, Chairman. And uh, may I uh, sort of. Uh, accept uh, the spirit with which you opened your remarks in terms of welcoming some of uh, uh, the initiatives within this budget. Um, and indeed, uh, I'll go through the points individually uh, as quickly as I can, um, but it, it, indeed the spirit of what you're suggesting, which is, chimes with the core objectives, it's just that we're doing it in a different way. So I, I think that's very helpful. Um, I'd like to echo uh, Councillor Chambers' thanks to the finance team while I've got the opportunity. You've done a brilliant job, uh, and we're very grateful for that. Um, as you've heard, producing a budget, producing a fiscal strategy, is a balance between the income, uh, primarily uh, driven by council tax, the investment in the, in the services uh, and core facilities of a community, the level of reserves you hold for what might happen in the future, and the services that you provide. It is a balance of those four things. And I absolutely commend this fiscal plan as a ticking each of those four boxes. I, I, I think it's, it, it's, we have the right level of reserves. I think it's right that we give back uh, money, uh, particularly when we're going to be in surplus to the tune of £2.5 million over the next uh, two years to um, uh, ratepayers. Um, and uh, I absolutely committed to providing high quality services. We talked about that earlier. Um, and as, as we've heard, we're investing in a number of key projects, but I'll come back to some more. So, uh, one by one, number one, the council tax. When you uh, put council tax up, uh, it, is, it goes through that system. It is proportionate to the type of house uh, you live in. Uh, and when you bring it down, that's what you should also do, uh, to tinker with that and produce... Uh, I won't... I'm not going to be uh, sort of argumentative, but it's, it's almost a gimmick, to be honest with you. I just think it's wrong. Uh, when you put it up, uh, you, 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 uh, sorry, you, you, you go through the system, and when you put it down, you do the same thing. And it's, it's absolutely right that it's fully transparent that you use a system that the community, the residents, the taxpayers fully understand. So that's the first point. I, you, you know, we shouldn't be doing it anyway. Uh, and there are a couple of reasons pragmatically uh, why we shouldn't. The first is it is too late to introduce the rebate onto the annual council tax bill as we, was, as we, as we would miss the 1st of April direct debit notification deadline of mid-March. Therefore, to do a rebate, we would have to issue each household with a cheque instead. Now, 
a number of you may follow the war Facebook. So to quote, uh, I thought a very excellent line in David Watson's letter. I was quietly munching my cornflakes this morning when up popped this picture of me with a postman pat uniform and hat on. I'm very grateful because, who knows, this could well lead to an absolute surge of the under 10 votes demanding their parents to vote for this, uh, this chap in a postman pat hat. But uh, there, is a, there is a key point here uh, that you don't get this for nout. And, uh, I, postage was a generic term for what needs to be done, and the sum total of doing it through the post is a cost of £30,142. So, really, it does not make sense. So, I very much commend Council to, uh, to reject that first scheme. I think it's appropriate to use uh, what, uh, the, 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 the right mechanism. As far as recycling is concerned, again, just to echo the support, the mutual uh, agreement about some of these key strategies, we're totally committed to recycling uh, as, a, uh, as a council. And uh, I'm going to ask uh, Councillor Barker later on to, to, to um, spell out some of the initiatives that we're going to do. But I think to spend £180,000 over three years on the hope of persuading, uh, I, I'm not sure that's the best use of money. We, 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 we have had a campaign, we'll have more campaigns, and certainly the target of increasing recycling is absolutely uh, fundamental. The Rangers, we've heard about the good work that they do. Don't forget that this is a, an Essex County Council paid scheme um, and it works very well at the moment. There are two of them. There's a leader of the two. Most, they, they, you know, if you had a third person, they'd have to have a separate vehicle. So it's not simply a question of, uh, uh, of, of paying a salary. Um, and the way we've done it, and it was referred to by Councillor Walters, is to invest in kit. We put in £50,000, which you've seen in the budget. It was co-matched by Essex County Council council and it's enabled us to do to buy quite a bit of kit, one of which is a tractor which you, you heard about earlier. So again we're, we're doing all this, the ranges are highly valued and uh, we'll do more and more work. So I think uh, again I, don't, uh, I wouldn't recommend uh, that proposal. Um, welcome packs, great uh, that's absolutely fine, I think we'd all commit to that but really this should be done through town and parish councils, the sums are so minimal frankly uh, that uh, we, we should do that. We give a lot of money to town and parishes we, we've got community grants and uh, so I think there's plenty of opportunity but certainly as a We'll follow it through. I think it's a perfectly legitimate point, as, as, as is the point about photovoltaic uh, panels. Um, I think that's a very legitimate point. Now, um, councillors will be aware uh, that when uh, solar panels, as they were in those days, were introduced, it was quite an attractive scheme. Then the tariff became unattractive, and at that point uh, we didn't pursue it. Now, in, for, for um, council buildings, as opposed to houses, but we are reviewing both, it has become more attractive again. So, uh, again, I'll ask Councillor Barker to spell that out a bit, but we are doing a feasibility study. We're absolutely committed to renewable energy, so that's fine. But I don't think at this stage we need to spend £400,000, but uh, over time, uh, if, if the tariff remains attractive and we get a payback, and I think the payback that we've seen in some other schemes is seven to eight years, then clearly it's a worthwhile uh, investment. But let's do a feasibility study, and let's start with perhaps the two buildings at Shire Hill. Um, capital fund, well, we've got one. Uh, we've got the Strategic Initiatives Fund, and we're using it uh, very sensibly, and we've had some very good debates about how that should be used. Now, I don't think you're suggesting it's an extra one and a half million, to be fair, uh, but we've already got, as you've seen in the budget, £1.372 million in the strategic fund. Uh, we've got two surveys out. I, I, I totally agree with you. We need to keep economic development, the vibrancy of our high streets. All of this is absolutely part of our policy. Um, but we've, we've commissioned two reports, one on the car parking capacity, pricing, location, 
locations throughout Uttlesford. If we need more car parking, then we presumably will have to do some investment in that, and uh, that would come out of the Strategic Initiatives Fund. We've done a, a commissioned a report on business space, and um, you know, if we don't have enough office space, if we don't have enough starter unit space or whatever, then we need to think how we get that. Um, so all of this is very much in hand. Uh, so I don't think you know whether you call it a capital fund or a strategic initiative fund. I don't think it's entirely the point. Local plan I've dealt with. So in summary, um, uh, uh, councillors. Um, the underlying uh, uh, purpose seems that the, uh, the, uh, the, the proposal of the motion, Councillor Dean, is, is, is supportive of our direction of travel, just wants to do it in a different way. But I think I've laid out to you why I think the way in your budget is the right way, and I highly commend you to reject uh, the amendment and to support ultimately the budget. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to take questions on the uh, amendment. So I have Councillor Ranger first, I believe. Uh, thank you, Chairman. I'd like to speak to the motion. Um, along with the Leader of the Council, I recognise there are some good points within these alternative budget proposals, a bit like the proverbial curious eggs, I suppose. <clears throat> I was quite taken at first sight of the headline to give £45,000 per annum to the Rangers. A most deserving group. Thank you. However, closer inspection makes one realise that the proposal for one additional operative has not been given the full consideration it should have been. Loan worker situations are not advisable when dealing with highways issues, so this service, which is very effective, needs replication in total with teams of two when we do extend it, so the proposal is underfunded. Extended, the service has been considered, and as my Cabinet colleague, Councillor Waters, has advised this Council in the past, this is a devolved service from the County Council, and extending the service can be more eff effective if we are able to increase the scope of works that our rangers can handle. This will require detailed discussions with county, discussions that Councillor Walters and I, the leader, and officers of the council can undertake following the May elections. I think there must be a typo in page 7 of the motion. Surely it should read, the budget for planning policy will be reviewed at an early date. And I cannot imagine that the proposal is going on to say that previous expenditure on the local plan had not been subject to scrutiny. Ah, but of course I forgot you weren't there. My most serious misgivings relate to the proposals in paragraph 1, to give every household a council tax rebate of the same amount. The party opposite needs to go back to basics. So many times we've heard proposals from them which would, if implemented, turn democracy on its head. This is another case in point, and I reinforce what the Leader has just stated. Council taxes levied in bands set according to the perceived value of the property. In general, those that live in larger properties pay proportionately more. That must be understood before you can go into any further adjustments of the method of collection. So the way to ensure that the people benefit fairly is to reduce the tax level proportionately. That way, everyone who pays council tax, at whatever level they pay, and that level is mostly set according to their circumstances, they pay less than they otherwise would have. Take the example of a person paying council tax of £1,164.29 per annum on a two-bedroom bungalow, with a total internal floor area of less than 43 square metres. Would they expect to receive a rebate exactly the same as a person living in a house where the living room and kitchen is the same size as that bungalow. I live in a bungalow just like that, and I certainly wouldn't expect to be subsidised in that way. 
What we do know is that where help is needed, it is available from and given by this Council. I will not be brought in the amendment chairman uh, on the basis that although some of the proposals are akin to Conservative Party's aims, crucially there are some aspects that do not represent the best way forward. Thank you. Thank you. I have three people that want to speak, Councillors Watson, Barker and Mackman. I'm going to I understand, Councillor Mackman, you've got a proposal to make, so I'll leave you. Not anymore? Okay. Uh, in that case, I'll take them in order then. Councillor Barker first. Thank you, Chairman. Um, as Councillor Roll said, um, he asked if I could just uh, respond to a couple of these items. Um, if I start with the last one first, the local plan. Anyone who read the papers for the planning policy working group last Monday will see that there was one item in that paper that very clearly spelled out the uh, proposals, the strategies that we needed to review, those which would be done in-house and those which would be perhaps done by an external consultant, and attached to those proposals were costings of between 10, 20, 40,000, depending on the size and the scope of the study. So where we're asking for transparency, that is very transparent. It's on the web, it's in the papers. It was discussed and it was agreed by members there on Monday. The other two issues I particularly wanted to respond on are, are recycling. And, well, thank you for your suggestions. I, I do believe we're doing all that you suggested in a slightly different way. As you will be aware, officers are in the process of agreeing a new recycling contract, which will commence in May. We'll be using this opportunity to remind all residents of what can be recycled by refreshing and distributing a pamphlet. We will also ensure that the text of this leaflet is available to parish councils and magazines for maximum coverage. At the Essex level, the waste management group there is meeting in a fortnight to look at proposals from promotion of recycling across Essex. As although collection methods and materials collected vary, the message is the same across the whole area. I will be discussing with the Waste Task Group these ideas as they come forwards. You mentioned the idea of putting an officer at the new transfer station. I don't quite understand this. Um, the new transfer station is just a pure bulking facility. Um, if you meant at the actual uh, sorting facility, then officers currently monitor the waste there and will continue to do so under the new contract. Regarding your last point, where villages produce welcome packs, they are welcome to use the content of any of our leaflets within that pack. I have brought with me a copy of our activity proposed over the next few months, which includes a number of projects, including engagement with schools, the analysis of materials that is being recycling, as well as the possibility of market stands with the potential to meet substantial number of residents. We've approached Essex County Council to ask if their volunteer waste busters could help. So please be assured we continue to work to maintain and improve the levels of recycling and the production of good quality material in what we believe are the most effective ways. Finally, moving to solar PV, this council has set aside a strategic fund and solar panels is certainly something that we will be considering as a potential use of that fund. It would be not sensible to commit a sum before a full business case was built up and examined. As you'll be aware, we share an energy officer with Braintree, and he is currently working on projects for them and us, looking at potentially initially on the museum store and depot on Shah Hill. The depot faces north-south, so potentially suitable for panels. I would like to suggest that if the business case looks promising, that it is considered by scrutiny ahead of any cabinet decision. Thank you, Chairman. Councillor Watson. Thank you, Chairman. Um, reserves are not bad. 
Council tax generally is for services. And it stands to reason the bigger the houses, the likelier the more people and the more use of the services. That's probably why they pay bigger council tax. I'm quite pleased with the suggestion on solar panels now industrial building. It's one of the best forms of alternative energy. And I'm pleased to see that we're already progressing it. Um, to call on advice to the council, I would remind us that Joseph told the Pharaoh to save in the, in the seven good years, and because of that he didn't starve in the seven lean ones. It's a good policy and we should maintain it. And lastly, money returned to council taxpayers is normally spent. Good for the local economy, good for the national economy. I won't be supporting this amendment. I think the budget as it stands, with the odd little quirk, is actually a fine budget. Thank you, Councillor Mackman. Are you... Yes? No, I'm asking you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I, I did rather wonder if uh, Councillor Dean would be prepared to amend his paragraphs 5 and 6 because uh, I agree with Councillor Watson that photovoltaic panels are a, a good thing. Uh, Councillor Redfern will probably remember that a couple of years ago when it was uh, considered that uh, we were going to put PV panels on a lot of council stock but then the feeding tariff changed and we sort of should remember that I was very much in favour of that. But the, the two elements between them, five and six, come to a total of just under £2 million. And uh, I think that uh, Councillor Dean should say that uh, we propose to consult on the possibility of spending money on the installation of photovoltaic panels and consult on contributing an extra money to a fund. Because I don't think that we should be just willy-nilly banging out £1.5 without actually consulting first. I think that's the question asked of you, Councillor Dean. Uh, Councillor Cheatham, next. Thank you. I just wanted to, um, to uh, yes, I will not be supporting this motion. I think that the budget is very good, but I wanted to just talk about welcome packs. I can still remember the contents of my welcome pack that I got 44 years ago in a place called Roeaton, Connecticut in the United States, and they are a very good thing. But actually, the parishes do it. We've done it in Takeley for some years. It was actually started by the church, and we're just going to revamp working with the church and the parish council. And I think that is the state, the, the level where welcome packs are a very good thing to come from the parishes. So I, um, I'm absolutely delighted to hear that uh, um, the, the leader feels there might be some money in some pots for us to apply to, uh, but I do feel this is very much a parish level initiative and should be done at the parish level. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Howell. Um, Mr Chairman, um, I'd like to commend the budget. I think it displays considerable strategic vision. It's was delivered in a, a measured and a professional way and to my mind it demonstrates that over a number of years the Conservative group has had a clear vision of what it sought to achieve and a clear clarity about its objectives. It's, there's a consistency to the budget that's been drawn out over a number of years by, by Councillor Chambers. It's clearly a robust and prudent budget. It shows that we are progressive in our approach while delivering a low-cost, high-quality council, and I commend the budget, and I will certainly be supporting it. I, like the leader, would like to be generous to the, to the Liberal group because 
we've waited four years for them to come up with some proposals and I appreciate when they have come up with some proposals and like the leader I can see some merit in some of the suggestions I'd like to welcome their late conversion to supporting a low-cost council I'd like to welcome that but unfortunately their record over the past three years has not been consistent we need to remind ourselves that last year when the proposal was for a 2% reduction in the budget they opposed it so to suddenly propose a rebate of 3% this year makes me wonder whether there's some specific timing and of course there is there's an election in May so it is as cynical as that in my opinion um, I'm very much of the view that we have demonstrated our prudence and our consistent approach to de delivering a low-cost council. I do not believe the electorate will be persuaded by a one-off rebate. And the, the motion, the amendment, makes it quite clear that it is intended as a one-off. It's not intended to be a consistent reduction in council tax. Um, I won't use the word gimmick or, or bribe or anything of that nature, but it certainly smacks of that to my mind. And, it bring, and item two brings to mind one of the key criticisms I consistently have of how some councillors approach issues. When there is a problem, there is an assumption that you can solve it by spending money. So we have not achieved we have con achieved considerable recycling but perhaps we don't achieve as much recycling as we should like and at the um, performance and audit committee that Councillor Dean was referring to um, I made the comment that my green bin is packed to the gunnels and there's a single black bin in, in the leftover waste and that was very much the message that was consistent around the table it is clear however that if, if I'm recycling 85% of my waste, some other people can't be, can't be recycling 85% if we're only achieving 55% recycling rates. So we do have a job to do with improving education. But spending £180,000 employing two people is missing the point. We have to persuade people as councillors. I go along to the parish meetings, to my parish council meetings. I write four letters a year, which I deliver to every person in my ward. I never mention my party, but I mention recycling and what we should be seeking to achieve. I know that the Liberals deliver a vast amount of literature. Instead of putting in the, in, in, in the headline Liberals winning here or whatever, why don't they focus on telling their electorate about recycling? That would be far, far more useful. I, I'm deeply frustrated that the response always is to spend money rather than to educate people and persuade. I'm also disappointed that we're already getting a betrayal or an indication of how the Liberals will approach um, funding um, if they were to, to run the council in future. We're, they are putting forward uh, a, something called a capital initiatives fund, knowing already that we have a strategic initiative fund, and the £1 million that was identified there is in large part already spent. So the suggestion that we put in at 1.5 is money presumably coming from somewhere else. And we get a hint of that because we, they talk about reworking of existing reserves. This is not money you can spend twice. And yes, I believe that that's at core what they are intending to do. 
Councillor Dean repeatedly focuses on the amounts and not what, is, what reserves are earmarked for. So if he is going to rework existing reserves, he needs to identify what he's not going to do going forward. So are we to get away, do away with the hardship fund? Are we to do away with major repairs? Are we to reduce our reserves or our investment in sheltered housing? Are we to do away with our reserves on homelessness, the council tax uh, freeze grant? All these items are identified for a particular purpose. So if we are going to be reworking these existing reserves, we need the Liberals to tell us what they are going to do without so they can fund these things instead. Councillor Foley. Thank you. I won't be too long because I know how the vote's going to go. I know how people are whipped and how, 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 how they vote. I've been here long enough. And so I'll just be very brief and really say I really can't take lessons from, from a, a political party that talks about fairness on council tax when this is the party that brought in the poll tax, for, for heaven's sake. The reason the, the, it, is, it is you guys that brought in, and what 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 was fair about that? But but we do understand what you how you see fairness by what you've been saying today. Four twenty uh, the four pound was it seventy five or whatever it is might not seem a lot of money, but it is actually to some people. But it's but it's more than that. It's the fairness of it. It's the fairness of giving an equal amount back in, 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 instead of the way you look at things. It's not fair. It's, it tells a lot about what you think is fair. And Councillor Knight. Um, I, I um, abhor the mudslinging things and I think it's a dangerous own goal to talk about um, cynical things I think the perception could be seen that our reduction of 3% could be a vote um, idea um, my point is more about we keep on, I've been hearing solar panels solar panels um, I was one of the forerunners in solar panel development many years ago, it's getting to be old hat um, what most councils are looking at now, and I actually came up on the news today, so I was delighted, we had a forerunner with Sorders Auction House who built that and won many awards, a straw house. And that's what we should be looking at for building, is straw houses, they reduce heating costs by enormous... A normal bill of £600 in heating is reduced with a straw house down to £60. That's the sort of cost that you, can, you are making if you're using straw houses. They're tried, tested, they come in panels, and a house can be up in 16 weeks complete and people moving in so you know could we move away from solar panels that are not terribly cost effective now and are as ugly as hell stuck on roofs when you go around in, in rural areas you turn around and you go into a rural village and see these awful ugly solar panels they could be designed a lot better but that's another story so um, 
I think the budget is a lot of, you know, I, I, I will be supporting it because a lot of work comes. I'm disappointed in one way that we couldn't have had a more combined effort because I have to say, uh, in all honesty, I think some of the proposals that have been put forward by the Lib Dems and men make a lot of sense and I would be less than honest to say I didn't actually agree with them. I thought some of them were ideal and it would have been nice to have put them in, sneak them in ourselves. So I will support it, but I do not think that um, the Lib Dems would be rubbish because I think some of the proposals they put forward in the amendment made a lot of sense. Okay, I think we're returning to Councillor Dean to sum up, are we? Or unless Councillor Loughlin has something of yeah, um, tremendous importance? Please carry on. Thank you. Well, I'd just like to remind um, everybody that it actually was the Liberal Democrats who bought in the recycling. Um, but when I was listening to Councillor Howe, lovely guy that he is, um, I did rather feel that it was party political broadcast, but he mentioned something about 180,000, and I don't know where he got that sum from, because in the recycling... Sorry? 65 to 3. Why 3? 3 years. Oh, over 3 years. Oh, well, I do beg your pardon. You're obviously better at maths than me. <laughs> but not as good at bringing in recycling. <laughs> That, that's that's uh, why he's chairman of the audit committee. Yes, and I'm not. <laughs> uh, Councillor Dean, I think it's your turn to sum up. Yes, I, I won't uh, endeavour to reply to all the points, but I think pick out what I, I feel are probably the main ones. Um, I'll start off with um, agreeing with Councillor Howell in that he is correct in spelling out the fact that what is proposed is a one-off refund this year, and Council, who knows Council what the situation Dave, when you will said be. In 12 years. You're going to start with, um, can we make it... I'm sorry? Can we make it um, concise, I think? Would be nice. Thank you. We've got three minutes. The proposal on council tax is to, is to make a one-off refund this year. Who knows what the situation will be in 12 months' time? And I'm, sometimes I even listen to... Councillor Chambers, who from time to time or perhaps regularly talks about rainy days, and he did mention about the fact that new homes bonus could well evaporate in two, two or so years' time, and whereas the council's accounts are fine at the moment, the situation would, could be better, worse in three years' time, and therefore the proposal is not to reduce the council tax this year, but to give a, a refund. I think that's a far more prudent approach than the administration's proposal of reducing council tax. Um, but both Councillor um, Rolf and Councillor Ranger, sorry, yes, and Councillor Ranger, I think, and also Councillor Barker, mm -hmm. referred to feasibility studies, in particular about PV. Precisely, all we're doing at the moment is putting, earmarking a sum of money in the budget. We're not spending anything everything has to go through feasibility studies and, uh, and that's, that's the whole process of budgeting. It's not to say sign the cheque tomorrow um, and, it, and it's correct and probably appropriate in some cases as Councillor Mackman raised the point about, uh, about consulting on certain things, particularly on the uh, Capital Initiative Fund where I think that we haven't engaged well enough with the public to find out what their views and concerns are about infrastructure. So without any doubt whatsoever, consultation comes is, is prerequisite to that. It, it's essential. But again, I must 
make the point that agreeing to put this into the budget tonight is not spending the money, it's starting the process. Um, and I really, I think that those are the only two points that I want to come back on. It's about consultation where appropriate. It's about carrying out feasibility studies. And I'm delighted that, uh, that members of the administration agree with uh, us that some of these things need to be done. Uh, I'd be much better if you put them into the budget now as proposed. They are fundable from underspends uh, and reserves at the present time and, um, and, and projected underspends over coming years. That's, that's the key thing. So it's not, it's not putting pressure on the council tax at all. And, uh, and I do really commend that you supporters in giving this one-off refund rather than reducing the council tax, which I think potentially puts the council's funding in jeopardy because if it's not clear to everybody in a year's time or two years' time, you can't just increase it by 3% or 5% when it suddenly starts to run dry, assuming that the next government re retains capping. So I think it's, it's hazardous and dangerous to reduce the council tax level. Far better to give people uh, cash refund year on year. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. So I uh, therefore propose the I ask for the amendment to be moved. I compliment you on your efficiency. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, can we now vote on this amendment, please? It's proposed by Alan Dean and uh, seconded by Councillor Foley. Those in favour? Five chairs. Those against? Thank you. The amendment falls. Can we now move to the main motion, please? Point of order, Chairman. Chairman, I understand that in 2014 legislation was brought in that budget meetings have to have a recorded vote. It was brought in ahead of the budget meeting last year. Um, have we made provision for that? We have. Thank you. Mr. Perry was just about to remind me of that. <laughs> <laughs> Members, I call your name. Will you please indicate whether you vote for these substantive motions, against or abstain? Councillor Artis. Before we do, can I just assume that we're voting for all of them? Yes. On <coughs> mass. Okay, four. Councillor Asker. Four. Councillor G. Barker. Four. Councillor S. Barker. Four. Councillor Kent. Against. Councillor Chambers. Four. Councillor Treatham. Councillor Davies. So is absent. Davies, sorry. That's why I call Councillor Davies. Four. Councillor Dean. Councillor Easton. Four. Councillor Eden. Four. Councillor Felton. Four. Councillor Foley. Councillor Hicks. Four. Councillor Howell. Four. Councillor Jones. Four. Councillor A. Ketteridge. 
Councillor Jay Ketteridge. Aye. Councillor Knight. Aye. Councillor Lemon. Councillor Lachlan. Against. Councillor Mackman. Against. Councillor Monell. Councillor Oliver. Councillor Perry. Councillor Ranger. Councillor Redfern. Councillor Rolfe. Councillor Rose. Councillor Sadler. Councillor Salmon. Councillor Walters. Councillor Watson. Chairman, the vote is 28 votes in favour and five votes against. Thank you, Mr. Perry. Uh, all of the recommendations are therefore passed. Uh, there's uh, one item on the agenda, item 19, which is late claims for members' expenses, uh, which the Chief Executive is going to address. Yeah, uh, very simple administrative uh, requirement, Chairman, as we come to the end of the Council year to enable uh, Mr Webb or myself to sign off claims which would otherwise fall outside the regulations. Thank you. Okay, do I have a proposal for that? Yes, seconder. Yes, thank you very much. Um, all those in favour? Any against? Okay, that uh, authority is given. Please, no. <laughs> um, I don't have any uh, urgent items, and therefore I. Um, you have the opportunity as a member of the executive to make a statement. So, uh, you should have done it. Uh, I will declare this meeting closed. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.